Greetings. The episode of 33 North 96 West that you are about to hear or see is actually the second in a two-part episode. We were just having so much fun when we were recording this conversation that we talked for almost two hours. So, of course, you're welcome to just tune into this episode as a standalone, or if you would like, we recommend clicking back to the previous episode and listening to that one first so that you get the benefit of the full conversation. Okay, here we go. Um, does your system, does your apparatus, does your, do your bodies, does your body have a higher etheric level template or counterpart? I just was given so many visuals that I'm processing the actual question because I just had, I basically was just in the cosmos just seeing infinity with that, with that question. Yeah. So I don't recall the question because the answer was infinity. (laughs) Well, that's the appropriate answer. Yes, I I will. Yeah. Is there an etheric template to, to what you know of as your, physical or even your subtle bodies that would is there a counterpart a template absolutely and i just saw it and felt it (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm going to figure out how to express this delicately for everybody to contemplate so if this is the realm we come here to have these sort of experiences of duality and strong polarity and and I'm going to use that word suffering that's a whole other topic we should discuss maybe a different time but we come here and um like we could say this is um this can be a challenging place to have an experience of life so but your soul is coming into an incarnation to have all these experiences but there's a higher subtle counterpart. I'm just going to express it this way. It is in its perfection. And so if you become consciously aware of this, then you can call that aspect of you into your form. Like, like, as you are becoming conscious of it and connecting to it and with it, it is becoming you. Can you speak to any of that? It, it Terms and phrases I've used on previous episodes and just in my everyday work is that as well as my own processing of how to have an understanding of this and move that to an inner standing um, is, is that it's a process of integration and then it becomes embodied. When I say it, I'm talking about anything, a particular frequency, for example. So, but let's tie it to what we're talking about. It's that etheric self, that spiritual etherical aspect of you that is formlessness. It's formless and you can call it a hundred words. You can call it whatever you want, but just it's, it's integrating the aspect of you that is, is perfection into the form aspect of you 
And so there are these processes because you're marrying formlessness and form. That's really what we're doing. We, those of us who are on a journey of expanding consciousness, of awakening, of ascension, there's various words out there. And there are words, as you know, in my previous conversations that I do and that I don't resonate with based off how they're used. But it's all the same thing. When you're allowing the marrying of your wholeness to come together. So when, when what I was getting to speak to about this is the contrast. So in order to have the experience of that pure elation, that pure connection with the etherical aspect of you, the knowing that you are source, God, creator, inform, and all of these things, you know, however we would want to discuss that, we, to have that, of course, we are also going to have the contrast because as in a physical form, we have duality. So we are going to have the contrast of that. And that is what we would call pain and suffering and struggle and so forth. And so it's being able to step beyond just this or just this, just physical and form and just spiritual and formlessness. And, and you, in order to be in your wholeness, they do, they have to marry, they have to come together because it will always be separate until it's not, until it's embodied. And so once we come to a place in our, in our experience of having had the marriage of that and being in our wholeness, that does become our memory. That does become our cellular experience. Yes. And I'm going to go back to what I said when I said, why would you do this? And the answer is because you know. So when you've had an experience of this, you won't miss it. Um, and then you will want more of it. And you will pursue it, even though there's contrasts and all those words, you know, those, you'll have these experiences. And what I may say is the contrast may even seem to become greater. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because when you've realized this connection, this sort of high frequency experience, then then when you go into the to the low end of the wave, it feels like it's so much further down because you've had this high frequency. So it's <laughs> yeah. I've been contemplating on the words causal body. And I'll I right now I like the idea of expressing it that way. There is a causal body that has caused us. There's a causal body that has caused me. And in the Gene Key synthesis, Richard Rudd defines it as the aspect of you that survives incarnation. So when you ascend from this experience, your physical body returns to the physical plane. Your uh, emotional or astral body, kind of the dense emotional stuff remains in that plane. And the mental 
stuff remains in this mental plane, but all that was best and pure and realized about the experience that you have had has drawn up into the causal body. And he, he refers to it as um, the collected goodwill of all your incarnations as a memory signature written in light. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so the, the question that many of us, I had no idea the conversation was going to go here, by the way. But the idea is, I've actually already asked this question before. How much light can you realize? How much of that causal body can you bring into your life, into your incarnation this time around? How much can you make manifest and embody while you're here? Because it's all there. It's all perfect and beautiful and radiant and available and as we've said earlier in this conversation, you're never, it's never going to turn you down. Your higher self, that energy is always attending to you, always available to you in every moment. When you see on Facebook someone declare that affirmations are a terrible idea, and you think about to yourself, now wait a minute. I've had some really high moments when I've been working with affirmations, that doesn't feel true to me. Let me go within, let me commune, let me align with who I really am and realize that that's not my truth. I don't have to judge them for being in that place where they felt that affirmations were terrible and then felt that they needed to declare it on social media to get some validation and approval from the others and get some likes and agreement. And I'm in alignment with my causal body and I love great affirmations. So often after we've moved through a strong integration phase and it's become embodied about a particular topic or concept or frequencies or whatever, it is very easy to declare that the way that way the way that we did it was not the way or is not the way. I don't want to say was, I want to say is. And here's what it comes down to. You've transcended that. And so many forget to look back at how it served them. So many forget to say, wow, that was a powerful exercise that served me in me developing my system, my process. But instead it's like, it's, it's almost like a sabotaging of, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent all that time and energy doing that when this was the answer. That wasn't not the answer. That was part of the way. It and was. I think that's important to, to remember and to look at. Oh, Terry, that's huge. Yeah. That was then. And this is now. And you aren't the same now as you were then. And there is, there is no end to the evolution of your soul or the, the ascension of your consciousness. I mean, I don't know. That's, an, that's another conversation. But um, like I can, it's so, so strange for me to hear what you said and then quickly think back on where my journey has taken me and what has felt like 
um, like spiritual experience or something that that enlivened my soul. And when I was faced with those moments where I'm like, this isn't doing it for me anymore. Um, and then facing, uh, having the courage and being brave enough to go out and say, there's a new level of experience for me. There's something I'm being called forward in some way. But then funny what happens to me is sometimes like after a period of time, I can go back, I can think of like um, pieces of music that I hear in a new way from a new place. And it's like, oh my, wow, that just took me there again. And it hadn't for a while. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. But it's all just it, about being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. and being okay with, and this also I think applies to like sometimes the guilt and the blame that we feel when when we look back upon something that we think we did wrong or we wish we'd handled differently or words we wish we hadn't said. Well, that was then and this is now. And in that place then, you did that thing and that was maybe the best you could do from that place where you were with what you knew. And, and this is now. And give yourself a freedom and permission and grace and forgiveness and leave the past in the past sometimes and allow the evolution and, and the excitement of what's, of what's being offered to you now. And I want to say one more thing, and then I promise. So just because I'm no longer feeling um, inspired by affirmations doesn't mean that you can't. And I'm not going to take that away from you. And I would like to expand upon that, that the meaning of it becomes different in our evolution in our growth, in our expansion. So I mentioned this to Jared the other day that in in my past experience, people had taught that affirmations, the energy behind the teaching was you're faking it until you make it. In other words, you're saying, oh, if I keep saying this, eventually I'll believe it and eventually I'll become it. There is a huge... for for years, there was a huge teaching around that. And what, what came into my field a a few years ago is that the way it works through me now is I'll still call them affirmations, but they're very different. They're, they're not in sentence form. It's not, it's just not the way that people were teaching it. But what I, if I'm saying what we would, what I would call an affirmation now, what I'm saying is I am this frequency. It is embodied within me as me. There is no separation between me and this frequency. So uh, let me just give a quick example. If I say, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I am love. Like I have a visceral experience, an emotional experience, a mental experience an etheric experience. I have this experience of, I am that. I I do not aspire to be that. 
or desire to be that or wished I had that or I'm not envious that someone else has that. I am that. And to me, that's a huge difference. So if somebody went through a process of saying affirmations because they were faking it until they made it, and then they came to know that, oh, I was that all along, I never needed that, that doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make it a step that someone else needs to skip. I I just, I kind of wanted to ground that into my own experience because I didn't resonate with affirmations in the past because it didn't feel real. But when I became that, and now I say it, immediately I have an experience of, oh, of course I'm that. Uh, I appreciate what you've said. And I I don't know how to express what I'm about to, so bear with me. So part of the distinction This goes back to um, an understanding of your, I'm going to use the word power. Um, what, what was that? I'm, th- this goes back to an understanding of your power. Okay. And that's a word I'm using. I, I don't want it to be misconstrued, but can, can we just express that when you, when you're in your consciousness and you express something like I am and then a word like you are actually directing your consciousness through that claim of identity like it's um how do i say it's not the the i think the piece that may be missing for a lot of people is that they don't it hasn't really um they haven't really completely grasped and become aware of this truth that they have the power to claim. So when you're faking it, it's because you haven't realized I am claiming what I am. I am. And even if you don't say the affirmations, you're always affirming something. Mm-hmm. So when you when you say there is great poverty in the world and I am short of money I am sh- I am short of money and we are all in lack you are affirming that and it is and investing your consciousness in it and it is becoming as you say but you alter- alternatively have the capacity to direct your power and your consciousness toward any other number of claims of identity. And because you have claimed it, it is becoming so. So if you're faking it, it's because you haven't realized that you have the power and you're always affirming something. Do you understand this? It's Yes. And, and it's a good place to to point out i'm not saying that the the faking it till you make it is is i'm not judging that and saying it's right or wrong because if it is something that serves you in creating your process then absolutely i could see that yes yeah um along the note of what you just said everybody let okay so just basically state to yourself what jared just said um you know, basically, energetically, you're saying, 
you know, sit with that, say it, and then feel it. You know, I'm As, trying to remember exactly how you said it. Yeah. Fe- um, and this maybe there's a little component of imagination and creativity to this. Those two words, like we've mm-hmm. spoken a little bit in the past about being a conscious creator, but you can use your imagination to conjure up like the idea or the emotional response. Like you have the power to cultivate this capacity. And, and it's like, oh, so I've been looking at the world through a particular lens and a claim of identity or I am whatever. Mm-hmm. But the first thing is I have the capacity to play around with that and push that and explore different claims and use my imagination and my creative spirit to, to move my consciousness into a space where I can feel that as being so. And that further reinforces the claim. Like, like this is a, this is a, maybe that is what it means to fake it till you make it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's that the you, integration phase. Yeah. You can begin to see evidence yeah. of your claims and then you become more able earlier on. You spoke to trust, like trusting the claims that you make is huge. Trusting that you have the ability to make the claims. Huge. Trusting that there's an energetic response in the field around you to the claim that you make. Huge. Yes. Someone asked me the other day, They or it was more of a statement and then a question of, I don't really understand what Reiki is and how it works. And my response at this part of my journey is to say, and I, I add the disclaimer at the, at the mastery levels, meaning as you've developed it, as you've learned the different levels and steps and so forth. And I teach this from very first class that I teach with somebody about any kind of energy healing or just energy work energy coaching, it doesn't matter. Anytime we're talking about energy, you are developing that process that we've referred to. It, it's a process and you're developing it. In other words, you're changing the cellular memory, activating dormant DNA, all these things we've discussed today. But it comes down to this. There is a, a way that I can do a particular type of Reiki that my Reiki master um developed and has taught through my lineage that is tried and true 100% every time for me, no fail, not even an option of fail. It's always 100%. Now, is it, so let's see how I want to talk to this. Um, Is it the actual practice that is tried and true and 100% the way? No, it's my belief in it. It's me bringing it into my field and saying, oh, that felt, what I did that, that, that felt really good. And here's what I teach from the very beginning. Reiki, energy healing of any kind, any modality, guidance, mentorship, teaching, 
every bit of it, coaching, every bit of it comes down to this. It's intention. Mm-hmm. It is all about intention. I don't care what I'm sharing with you. It always comes down to that one thing, intention. So if my intention is I'm going to create this and I declare it, I claim it in the name of whatever. It can be through Reiki. It can be through my I am presence. It can be through Jesus. It can be through Buddha. I I don't care. I do care. Don't, don't take me to don't misunderstand that. But what I'm saying is it is not limited. There Mm -hmm. is no limitation. If you declare that and you release it because you believe it. And in other words, if you have faith in it and you release it, it is going to manifest in some form or fashion. If you have the doubts and you're also claiming that at the same time, that is the contrast. That's the conflict, the paradox. So if you're claiming, if you're claiming lack and that I don't have enough money to do A, B, or C, which we all have known and experienced. I can I can say this affirmation all day long and it's going to have a different experience than if I say it with embodiment. And so I'm just going to say something that's been moving through me for a, a few years. I am infinite unlimited, unconditional abundance. There is no lack. There is no separation. There is no limitation. It's a very different feeling than me saying, I am, I'm reading, you know, I am infinite, unlimited, unconditional abundance, but I don't have any money. (laughs) You know, it's all about your intention. So, yeah, it, it comes. It's so tying that back to what you said. If I have to say it twelve times a day every day, that I don't know where that never came from. But if I have to say it twelve times a day every day until instead of me going, but I don't have any money, and I literally can say, I am infinite, unlimited, unconditional abundance. End of sentence. End of story. I'm going to go make some lunch. I'm going to release it. It's going to happen. It is. It, it's already happened. It really is you integrating and becoming embodied in that energy and and yes so and the universe the field that you hold and and everything that you experience and encounter will return to you evidence of that claim oh absolutely whatever that claim is yeah absolutely yes and and it does it really does mess with our mind. It can drive us crazy for a while in that integration phase because we're saying, but I claim it. I know it's real. I know it's possible. There's X number of dollars in my bank account and my bills are X number of dollars. What am I doing? You know, we go through this whole process because if we can break it down to make it simple, I'm not saying that's not reality. And I'm not saying we don't all experience it and haven't experienced it. What I'm saying is that is the very that is the process. That is the process of integration. As you're bringing on the dormant DNA, there is, 
There are cells. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't want to say I'm trying. I'm, I'm aligning with the correct word. Because to say it the way we would normally say in 3D is very limiting. So let me just see what wants to be said about this. Uh, I can't, I, I, you asked me if I had the capacity earlier. I don't have the capacity. So mm. at this point in my journey, so I'm not even going to try to force something that I don't have the capacity. So let me just reframe. Do I have thoughts and fears and doubts that come in and say, I, I don't have that. I, I've tried and tried and it hasn't manifest and all of that. Yes, I, I am human and I have that experience, but immediately, immediately I can now shift and say, no, I'm not that because I can have the memory of it in my brain, but I could have changed the cellular memory so that I could bring that on board really quick. And the more you do that, the less that's going to be in your cellular memory, that memory and in your psychological memory of the capacity to say that. It happens. It still comes in. I'm not saying I am beyond that by any means because I'm still here and I'm still human. But it shifts from that being your go-to because you've now brought on board all this other active DNA that is is of your etheric body. Yeah. You're, it's because of your awareness that you can catch yourself. <clears throat> I'm remembering the words Esther and Abraham used in the earlier subtle stages of something coming in and beginning to build momentum again in a way that's not in alignment with you. Because of because you've cultivated this awareness, you catch it sooner. And then you have those yes. experiences like you just said, wait a minute. That's not true. I've made a different decision. Mm -hmm. decision. And I'm going to make it again. <laughs> decision is a huge yeah. word, a big idea. Yes. I am in decision and to be aligned with abundance. I am deciding whatever. I have decided, and so it is. And then you it, you have to wait and see the evidence of that. You, you do. It, it's not necessarily going to manifest in 3D immediately upon thinking it, because again, we have that formula system form that's integrating. And But the more you do it, the more you will see things happening very quickly. Yeah. And it'll just be, wow. Yeah. You know, I had this within me all along. <laughs> I had an experience on my recent trip that was um, very visceral, very big, very deep for a short period. And I moved through it pretty quickly and everything came out beautiful. But I remember thinking, what, what is happening? Who am I? And where is this coming from? Like nothing about it felt aligned with who I really am at this point in my journey. And it felt very old and stagnant and outdated. And I have found in my journey that when that's happening, it's something that's really strongly in the collective. And then I'm having my own personal experience of it based off previous experience and my relationship to it. Mm. 
So let's just give an example. If somebody, okay, we were talking finances, so let's use that as an example. Or we were talking abundance and 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 money. If I've had an experience of lack of it, as you know, if, if I've had that experience in any way, no matter what that looked like, my story is going to be still in my memory and not just in my mind memory, in my physical body, even though I have shifted that and brought in so much more cellular memory, there's still imprints there. It's just like we talked about the land before. Yeah. You can feel what happened there, but you can also feel what has happened since and, and all of that beauty. So um, I get to choose. It goes back to what you're saying. I get to choose where I go. So if I start going into that old paradigm of, oh, but when I did A, B, and C, this happened, and oh my gosh, and then your mind just goes crazy in the momentum of it, and I'm going to lose this again, and I'm going to not have this. You can choose that momentum. Or you can just stop yourself and sit up and say, wait a minute. As Jared said, I have made a different choice and I will continue to make that different choice. It's not a deck have to make that declaration and remind yourself, I have made a different decision. And and the second part of that is, and and I I feel that I, I mean, I just oh Jared speaks so beautifully to this. Those choices, let me let me let me say it a different way. We're not looking at the having or the not having. This is what we're looking at. What's familiar and what do I know? What's been in my experience? Or what are the possibilities that I could look at? Mm. It really is a bigger picture of what am I really deciding? I'm deciding I don't desire that anymore. I don't desire suffering and struggle and going hungry or whatever the situation may have been, I desire to be fully sustained in every aspect of my life. I desire the abundance of love, of resources, of relationships, of experiences. You know, we really do get to look at a bigger picture of what is it we're really deciding. And to me, that's with anything. And, and, you know, are we just, are we deciding lack? Are we deciding abundance? Mm -hmm. Are we deciding separation? Are we deciding wholeness? Hmm. The world we are experiencing is an outpicturing of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And there's no blame for that. No, but we That's huge. It's huge. But I'm I'm not gonna use the word blame. I agree, but I would like to use the word responsibility. And th- and I'm smiling. Can you mm-hmm. can you feel mm-hmm. this? Me too, yeah. Responsibility. It is yours and it yeah. is mine. It is the responsibility to becoming. Yes. And the energy that we now are is the same energy that has informed the past the past <laughs> that we are evolving from so we have been in terms of experiencing the evolution of things over linear time we have been responsible to and responsible for 
the evolution of this plane. And we are moving, as we move into a space of awareness of our power in that, we birth a future. Because the world we will experience is an outpicturing of our consciousness. Mm. I mean, that idea, just, just contemplating that, as you move through, like walk down the street, the world that I am experiencing is an outpicturing of my consciousness. That's, what, that's how you can explain how two people can be in the same place experiencing the same thing and have two completely different experiences. Because their consciousness is in two different places and you are responsible for yours. Mm-hmm. You're responsible if you jump on the bandwagons. You're responsible if you make the commitment to honor yourself and cultivate the relationship with yourself and your own intuition and your intuitive capacities and your gut feelings. That responsibility is yours. Don't give it away. Honor it. Embrace it. Explore it. Celebrate it. And when you have made a choice at any point in your life that you are reminded of through experience. When I talked about there's no blame, if you're taking responsibility, if you're taking self-responsibility, that doesn't need to come with sabotaging oneself. It's just, it was, it was that decision. Yeah. And now there's a different decision. It really can be that simple in our thought process rather than being so emotionally charged by what was or what has happened, empowering ourselves and being so filled up, knowing I can change this in any moment. Mm -hmm. In any moment, I can change this. Because you are worthy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No matter what. Like the i the um the idea of of judgment and persecution and blame and shame and guilt and you know all of those frequencies like um, I'm going to express it this way those are ideas that we have made here like they they're all f- fear based and it's fear is a lie. It's a lie that ha- that we have told ourselves so much that it has become Im- Im- like implicit in this system. And we all come in and start agreeing to it. But I have a feeling that that's in evolution. Yeah. If I have a problem with you, is that your problem or is it my problem? It's, it's yours. <laughs> ah. It's your responsibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. One time I was doing a speaking engagement. I, I laugh at this question because it brings this memory up sometimes. I basically stated that 
to, to the audience and said, another way you may have seen it or heard it in society is that someone else's behavior or belief or decisions or whatever is none of your business. Mm. Don't make it your business. Yeah. You know, it's theirs. And you can either take that on personally and make it about you, or you can just release it because it's it's their business. And in front of the entire audience, and I'm still in the middle of the speaking portion, so I'm not I'm not to questions and answers yet, but I, I allowed it. it. You know, they just start speaking out loud. And I said, you know, yes, what, what's your question? And it basically was, it, if we, and this is, this is a whole nother topic, but I feel it's important to tie it in here to your question. If we are to be, if we understand oneness, that was the way they worded it, because they were moving through that process of what is oneness. And you'll, you'll understand and you'll notice in my conversation, I call it wholeness. It's a very... Unity and wholeness are the words I'm going to use. It's got a different context for me than what was taught oneness is. But it comes down to this. If we're in oneness consciousness, if we understand we are not separate, so I am not separate from you and you are not separate from me energetically, we are all connected. How can we say that? How could we be so um, non-compassionate, non-empathetic, or empathic, or in, how can we not express empathy? Let me put it that way to that person and what they're moving through. And I said, okay, so I, I sat with it. And I, I mean, I didn't really sit with it long, but I just lined up and said, it, it basically comes back down to, and that's a whole nother conversation I'd love to have someday about what the collective means and what that is to others, because it's really a powerful conversation. I've had many, many experiences with it, with other people's uh, contrasting views on it so that we could have conversation and experiences. But what it comes down to is taking self-responsibility and understanding that your decision and your views and your opinions and your behaviors and your beliefs are yours and don't have anything to do with others. Um, that's, that is what's going to bring you into being realized, realized into the wholeness that you are. So you do have to isolate yourself in order to go through that. You have to do that, what I call self-excavation. Mm -hmm. You have to really go through yourself and know yourself and learn yourself, because if you're always putting others and the collective first, you're not going through that system we talked about in the beginning. You're not bringing it within and saying, what is my yes? What is my no? What is truth for me? What is resonance for me? Um, so I don't remember how I answered it, but the audience seemed really pleased with it. He did not. Mm. <laughs> so that was a, you know, we had separate conversation later and I think he really, he said, okay, I, I think I'm following you, but it comes down to there's, there's been a lot of paradigms and teachings over the years, tying back to earlier conversation tonight, today too, is that, that when we adopt something that has been presented to us, a template, a paradigm, a concept, a theory, a teaching, whatever, face value and say, oh, I'm going to pull that off the shelf and I'm going to take that as mine. They told me that oneness means I'm not separate. So I can't have a separate opinion. I can't have a separate resonance. I can't have a separate belief or a separate truth, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's not 
when I talk about separateness consciousness, it comes down to this. I'm saying that I am not separate from source, from God. You are not separate from source or God. And I'm going to go one step beyond that. I am not separate from the collective and you are not separate from the collective. You said earlier, it is a collective consciousness, but I do get to be responsible. It is my responsibility to be responsible to how I contribute to that. So when he asked that question, what I'm getting right now, and this is, this is a beautiful, this was many years ago. Uh, I, I can't speak to this individual at this point in their journey. I don't know where they are or what they're doing in life. But um, again, I can only be responsible for myself and know how I've evolved through that question and that experience. But what I'm getting right now is it comes down to that question came still from an aspect of separateness consciousness rather than wholeness consciousness, unity consciousness. And that's what we really are talking about here today and in all of our episodes is how we start making our choices to be self-responsible and realize our contribution and our involvement in that. We're not separate from it, but we are an individual. We have our own individual essence and blueprint and God spark and truth our way and does that connect to the truth the wholeness of it all to source absolutely so that's a whole nother conversation someday because I've had so many experiences around that I've had many people walk out of my life because they didn't understand my perspective and what is truth to me around what they understood oneness to mean so often when when um when I'm in conversation similar conversations there's there seems to be the attitude in the other the other that it's insensitive that there's an insensitivity to um how do I say if someone is in pain or suffering or oppressed or, you know, those, yeah. those situations, and I express my unity or wholeness or oneness, there's, there's a perception that I'm in denial of their condition. Is this sort mm -hmm. of what you were feeling from this person? It absolutely is. And I'm really grateful that you said it that way because I was, I, w I wasn't really knowing the best way to articulate what was moving through. But that's exactly what I'm alluding to. Well, yes. I, good. I was getting that. Yes. So, so, and, and, it, it, and it ties back to everything we've talked about. It, it does. All of our, all of our, self responsibility. Yeah, all, all of, of our conversations are saying the same thing. <laughs> It's so, so, so it's, funny, but what I wanted, yeah. to, what I wanted to add to this. So what, to what you said after, um, including that clarification or elaboration. So if I understand the etheric template, the causal idea, the essence of the one that I'm observing in oppression and 
I am, uh, and the requirement of my interaction with that other is that it is my source self meeting their source self. The, the conditions become a little less relevant. The observable situation, it, it is more effective for me to uplift them by holding them in that frequency of the higher alignment. Uh, I'm saying higher, but you understand this idea. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that many may miss. And so they may, I have had to, I've had this experience. I would be perceived as being insensitive of or in denial of. And that's absolutely not the, the truth of this dynamic. It's something very different from that. That's such a huge truth. It's, some, it's something so huge to bring forward because that is why so many of us hold ourselves back. That That is what causes us to not proclaim and claim what our truth is. As I said earlier, I can actually hear, see, feel, smell, touch what your soul what your what what your I am presence is communicating to you, what God's source creator spirit is communicating to you when I am aligned in that space. And I don't bring it into the brain and try to dissect it and process it. I just boom, let it let it speak through me. And as you know, Jared, when people ask me to repeat it, I'm like, I have no idea what just came through me because it wasn't me necessarily. Yeah. Um, but my point is, that's when I get into the human mind around that, it can be difficult to claim that. But you'll also notice in my energy and my words, I'm never saying I have something you don't have. Because that is separation consciousness. Yes, I have learned to, I have learned now. I have made the commitment and the choice over and over and over to develop that, to hone that, to believe in that, to trust that, to receive that, to be that. I did not wake up one day and say, I am that and completely be embodied in that. But I have done you know, done that work and continue to do. So, so for me to claim it from an aligned place, when someone else is actually asking, like, I would really like your feedback on this, or I would really like you to speak this through you. It's very important for the collective that I deliver what I've committed to delivering, if if that makes sense. And you and I are doing that together every time we have conversation. Yeah. So every individual system, I'm using the word system sometimes because you are an energetic system. Mm -hmm. Every system receives in very particular and specific ways. Mm -hmm. So what you've just said is, 
you've learned a degree of, I can use this fun word, mastery, a degree of mastery. Not that there's not more for you, but you have practiced a level of mastery of, of your receptivity so that you feel confident in your ability. It's just like any exercising any muscle or training any other aspect of what you are, right? It's you, you've come into an incarnation with particular gifts and you're honoring them and you're cultivating them and growing through them, growing with them, growing them. And to, to, to tie back to what you were saying and, and what was really moving through me energetically and using that example is that, yes, that was a process. That was a make the decision, make the decision, make the decision, because I am extremely, I carry so much empathy within me and compassion. So can I immediately get into the consciousness of I'm in pain, I'm oppressed, I'm moving through this, this, and that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. I can. But to answer another question, um, whether you asked it or not, energetically you did, I can't recall if you said it, but you were saying you, you get to choose to uplift them, empower them. And that's what I do. That's what you and I do. And so think about those people when you've been in their presence and you leave just feeling so lifted and hopeful and positive and optimistic and this I can do attitude rather than this is what I was served in life. Gosh, I really have had it rough. I, I just don't understand how I got this, this, um, you know, how did I get this and they didn't or, you know, what the kind of things we can do. And because what I'm doing is saying, no, you have the exact same thing within you that I have within me. Yes, we have different System. Systems that we come here with. Apparatus. That tie to our purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. To our causal body. I mean, yeah. we do. So I'm not taking away your strengths. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here today with anybody and have a very articulated, intelligent conversation about uh, gene keys because it's not my language. But I can listen to Jared talk to me about it and I can understand what he's saying because he has that language, that skill, that that's part of his system. And I can just follow what he's saying because I can do the do that, do my system, do yes. my process. Oh, yes. that feels that feels right. That feels right. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I better Ooh. ask about that. That yeah. doesn't feel quite right. Maybe I'm not understanding, et cetera, et cetera. Um yes, we all have a beautiful set of gifts, if you will. People call it that. I don't usually use that phrase, but we do come here with our system, which is unique and individual to us. And that is what we are here to share and yeah. deliver. Yeah. You, but it does take that level of self-responsibility so that we are not deflecting. We're actually sharing. Yeah. And deflecting is a, and a way that that could manifest. There's, there's repression and suppression of self. 
too. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could yeah. say, oh, you know, I should probably not tell Jared that because. Okay, let me give some examples of phrases I've heard other other mentors or coaches or consultants or whatever say teachers. He's not ready for that. That would be ego. That is none of my business. Yeah. That's not my decision to make. Um, that would, yeah. Um, and, or as you said earlier, I'm the only one who can do this for you or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I would answer his question at this point in my journey, whereas in the past I would have this whole mental process of what can I say? What can I not say? It wasn't because I didn't, honestly, it wasn't because I didn't feel they were ready. I'm not saying those thoughts have never come into my field, but it was mostly if they did, it's because that's what they were thinking. Don't tell me that. I'm scared to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I was being empathetic, a little over, overly empathetic. And, oh, I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to tell them what they don't want to hear, those kind of things. Yeah. I can yeah. relate to that for sure. This has been really lovely and went some places that I didn't know <laughs> Same. it was going to go. Um, it feels like we're kind of reaching the end of the idea what are some thoughts that you would like to express to leave our audience with? We all have, you said this, Jared, in our previous conversations about this topic. We all have free will. Excuse me just a moment. We have a lot of sirens outside, so bear with me. <laughs> We all have absolute free will to make our choices, to make our decisions in each now moment. It doesn't matter what decision we've made in the past. We have a new opportunity each now moment. And the second thing that I've really moved through about this in sharing with others this week and some of their questions is that if there is someone in your life that has been a strong influencer, could be someone famous, could be someone in your everyday life or both, (laughs) um, family member, friend, colleague, teacher, healer, mentor, it, it, it doesn't matter what role they play. My invitation to you is rather than looking at the relationship or their credentials or their claims to ask yourself with each thing presented to to begin that process, to begin listening to your own gut, your own instinct, your own intuition and saying, how does that feel? Like, how does that feel in my body? Because if that, if their answers or their guidance have served you strongly in the past, but anything feels different in any time, it does not mean that you have to completely eradicate from them from your life, which has been a lot of the teachings over the last, I would say, decade or two. It really means 
oh, this is an opportunity for me to step more into my own truth and sovereignty and essence and say, you know, I really appreciate what you're saying. I'm going to need to process that if you're still thinking through it, or I don't really have a lot um, or that doesn't really align with me, or I don't really feel the same resonance around that, that you do, but I really appreciate it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just basically saying we as society, we've talked about it today. We, we do tend to be in a place often where we are trying to protect the other's feelings. We forget to stand in our own and there is a way to do it with love. It does not have to be eradicating them from your life. If that is the calling, that's okay too. But it doesn't have to be such an abrupt, oh, you're bad for me. You know, I, I'm really inviting people to just sit with it. Mm-hmm. What about this does not resonate and why? Make your decision and move on. And quite frankly, if they're not to be a part of your energetic field anymore, it will just move itself out. It, it doesn't have to be a forcing. It doesn't have to be a proclamation that they're wrong. How dare they? And that is a lot of what I've experienced lately. And I just sit with it and breathe and say, I send them love. And I'm grateful that they're speaking what is their perspective at this time, that they feel comfortable enough to do that, you know. That's beautiful. It can be a challenge for us, but yeah. it's definitely something to 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 look at and consider. So I'll only add a couple minor little thoughts. One is I'm going to say some of what you said in a really succinct way. No other has to be wrong in order for you to be right. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to remind us of the idea of sovereignty. And Terry, you spoke to this a little earlier, but you didn't use the word. An understanding of what you are in relation to all other things. And so the more you come into that awareness the more you are able to move through all kinds of interactions and conditions and situations. And if you can hold that, it's like you're moving through all this tumult and stuff whirring around you and your, your effect on it and its effect on you becomes, um, it's like you're you you're bringing your energy and impacting the field and then its impact on you has changed so you're you're aware of what you are and you're moving through all of this as that just play around with that idea in your day-to-day everyday experiences and see what happens that's that's beautiful yeah Hmm. Yes. Does that feel like a good stopping point for you? It really does. I have really enjoyed this conversation. I'm grateful to be uh, connecting again in this way and being back here at 33 North 96 West and feeling all of the beautiful energy and buzz and 
seeing and feeling and experiencing so much growth and expansion. I am very excited about that. So today's been a beautiful uh, introduction back into the area. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm excited too. All right. We'll see you all next time.